That's a blessing. I appreciate you. This morning, my sermon title, I may not get through with this, is What Kind of Soil Are You? And you'll know what I mean when we finish this. I'm going to talk about the parable of the sower today and what kind of soil. I want us to think about our own lives, our own hearts, and, and to judge our own hearts as to what kind of soil are we. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke 8. Let's start in verse 5. Are you there? Y'all are quiet. Are you there? Amen. You know, when I ask a question, you answer. (laughs) Luke 8, verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air, air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which is a in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray, Lord God, that you would anoint me to give it with clarity, with simplicity, yet, Lord God, the truth of the word. I pray, Lord God, that these hearts would have good, would be good ground, good soil, Lord God, to receive your word. And Father, I pray that you would make adjustments, that we would allow you to do so, that you would make any adjustments. Uh, that need to be made in our hearts so that you might be glorified in a greater way. And we give you glory for it. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The seed. What is the seed? What does it say here? Look at verse 11. What is uh, the seed? It's the Word of God. The seed in this parable is specifically referring to the Word of God. You know, Jesus teaches us that not only do we have to be careful about Uh, about planting and where we plant and the kind of seed is important but the ground in which the seeds are planted is also important and that goes along with the natural if you're planting something uh, in in the ground then the, the soil has to be right in order for that soil to receive the seed and so it is in our lives we have all been given the seed of the Word of God amen we have all been given it we have heard the message of the gospel 
And we listen to the word because we want that seed to grow. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the more we hear the word, then faith comes alive in our heart and we begin to see things that maybe we didn't see. We begin to act on things that maybe we didn't act on before. We, be, we become set apart. We become sanctified and that's a process. Little by little as the word goes forth, then we come out from among the world. We separate ourselves and we are, are used for God's glory. Amen. So, so the seed, the, the soil is very important in order to receive the seed. And we have all heard uh, the, the message, the gospel. And so I have a question for you. Are you pleased with growth that has taken place in your life from seed being planted? I think that many times we may be pleased at where we are, but there's always something more for us. We can never become satisfied with where we are because that's when the enemy is going to come in and we get complacent, we get lax in our, in our growth and watering and taking care of that seed that's planted on the inside of us and then the devil can come and steal that seed or little by little we just get out of the habit. And I don't like to use that word when it comes to church things, but just the other day I visited with someone and they said, I hate to say this, but we have just gotten out of the habit of coming to church. You know, I like to think that everybody's coming because they're thirsting and they're hungering for the things of God, but for some, it can be a habit. And I, like I said, I don't like to use that word uh, when it comes to church because I don't think church should ever become a habit. But little by little, I understand what they are saying. You know, sometimes, hey, oh, glory to God, it'd be easy to stay in that bed. It would. Sometimes that Sunday afternoon nap, if you're fortunate enough to get one, oh, man, it feels good. You don't want to have to get up to come back to church on Sunday night. So you get into a habit, and those cares of the world come in, and they choke out the word, and we begin to live by me and not thee. Amen? We begin to do the things that we want to do, and, and so little by little we get out of the habit of going to church. So some, of, some people make more progress uh, in their walk with the Lord from that seed being planted than others. But is that seed producing fruit in your life? That's what I want to ask you this morning. Is that seed producing fruit? If it's not, then we need to take a look at our own selves. Because see, there's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the Word of God. It is truth. And it will do what it is sent to do. It will accomplish that whereunto it is sent. To, it, it will do the things that it's supposed to do. Amen? So if, this, the, the, if there is something wrong and you're not growing in the things of God, then it's the soil that it's being planted in. Either that soil is hard or there's thorns that come up and have choked out the word just like the, the parable of the sower talks about. So we need to check what kind of soil are you? That's the title. What kind of soil are you? You know what? Nothing pleases me more and nothing pleases God more than to see fruit abound in your life. It's such a joy. I look here and see Jason as an usher and to see 
the worldly things that he and his family, Andrea, and their family came out of, and to see him, it just, I just kind of want to laugh. I mean, it just blesses me what God has done in their life. To think of where they were and how far they have come. Why? Because they were good ground. They took the seed and it began to grow and it began to produce in them. And I'm not just singling them out. Every one of you have been the same way. To see where God has brought you from to where you are today, it just thrills my heart. But more than thrilling my heart, it thrills Jesus. To see that you have come out from among the world, that seed was planted in good soil, and that you have done something with that seed. Amen? And then there's others that sit, and they hear, and hear, and hear, and they never really receive the word. They never receive that seed. No change ever really takes place in their heart, and that hurts the heart of God. So lots of seed has been sown here. You know, this is a place where you can come almost any day of the week, and the seed of the Word of God will go forth. Whether it's prayer meeting, whether it's uh, any, and we have prayer meetings all the time. We have one on Monday, we have uh, two on Tuesday, we have Bible school, we have uh, three, two prayer meetings on Wednesday, uh, there's one on Thursday, that kind of does it, doesn't it? Friday is our day off, and um, there's something going forth here all the time. Discipleship Hour for children and adults, I might add. Um, Awana, Operation Go, Impact Youth. Um, we, they go to jail and so see. There's all kinds of things going or happening in this place throughout the week where the word, where the seed of God is going forth. And the seed has been given to you to whoever wants it. The seed is freely given to whoever wants it. You know, America is like no other nation. I've been to 17 or 18 uh, countries throughout the earth, and I've seen some things, and America is like no other nation in the world. The gospel is freely preached. There's people in China today that are underground. We support Stan and Lorelei Matthias, and they go underground in China. They have had to run for their lives before because they're preaching the word just like this to hungry hearts that can't get enough, and the police come in, and they have to go out a back door quickly before they're thrown in prison. And so America is like no other place, yet what kind of soil are we? You know, we thank God for the freedom that we have. And I thank God for those who have allowed this seed to grow in their life. But I am concerned about some who won't let it grow. See, like I said, there's nothing wrong with a seed, but sometimes there is about the, with a soil. This parable talks about <clears throat> those who hear the gospel but refuse to allow it to become a part of their lives. They refuse to plow up that hard ground, that, that, that ground of their hearts, and allow the seed to have an effect on them. You know, sometimes people can come to church and they never change. They're the, the same worldly people that they were. Why? Nothing wrong with the seed. But it's all because the word did not take root. They did not allow it to. They came possibly out of duty, continue to come, 
And you know what? God doesn't expect to clean you up. He doesn't expect you to be cleaned up before you come into the church. That's what the church is here for, is to help you clean up your act. Amen? And we all need our act cleaned up sometimes, don't we? And so we come in, and we come under conviction. Conviction is of God. Condemnation is of the devil. All right? And, and conviction comes to us, and we will, will either choose to allow that word to change us, or we'll just stay in that mode and never, ever change. You've heard me tell the story about my daddy. Those kinds of people almost kept him out of the kingdom of heaven because it was hypocrisy to him. People come to church, and they act just like he did. But they acted worse than he did. My daddy was a good moral man. And he thought, I don't understand this. I don't need the seed of the word of God because I don't act like that in the first place. So see, when we come in and we, we get the seed of the word of God, then things should take place in our hearts. Things should take place in this soil. Amen? It should change us so that when we go from here, hallelujah, we're walking in his light. We're walking in his power, and the people outside these four walls will see a difference, and they will know that we have spent time with God and that the word of the living God lives big and powerful on the inside of us because we're different. Amen? I about tripped. Did y'all see that? <laughs> my shoe just got stuck. I did that one time. I was going down the stairs faster than, um, than my feet were, and I fell, and I went head over heels. And In fact, I'm, it must have been quite a show because there were black marks from my sandals on the side of the stairway. <laughs> it really was. And that has nothing to do with the seed of the Word of God. But I about did that right now. It's the shoe. It's not my grace. It's the shoe. <laughs> so those who hear the gospel and refuse to allow it to become a part of their lives, they refuse to plow up that ground for whatever reason, and, and that hard ground of their hearts, and so that the seed that goes forth will not have an effect on them. You know, we have had every opportunity in this church, in this community, in the United States to hear the gospel and be saved, but yet is everybody saved? Why? Because they refuse it. They refuse it. For some, they think, oh, that's just a bunch of whatever. Life is always going to be this way. Well, uh, when they're unsaved and they're in an eternity of hell, then they won't be able to say that because life is not going to always be like it is now. See, if you think that way, then you're deceived. You don't know the truth of the word of God because there's going to come a time people, that judgment is going to come and the secrets of all hearts are going to be revealed. And if you just open your Bible and open the newspapers, we can see that that time is getting nearer and nearer and nearer. And so there's going to come a time that we're going to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account of our lives. There's going to come a time when we're going to think about those, those times that we refuse the gospel. When people that have heard and heard and heard and not taken the seed of the word of God into their soil and let it change them. There'll be a time that we're going to have to stand before God and give an account for that. You know, this world, we, we can't just continue to go through the work, through life and eat, drink and be merry, so to speak. Because there is going to come a time of judgment where we're going to give an account of what did you do with the word that was given you? It's talking about 
these that receive the seed. You know, and the devil knows what to do to blind us. He knows exactly what to do to tempt us. John 10, 10 says that he came, came, he, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's what he does, and he does it well. So these people hear the gospel, they allow it to enter into their hearts, but from there on, everyone has a choice. You can either accept Jesus and receive the seed, or you can go back to your way of sin. This parable of the sower talks about that. The cares of the world will come in and choke out the world. Why? Because we have not broken up the fallow ground of our heart. See, sometimes we have, we have people that get saved all the time. We've had, I don't know, hundreds probably get saved door to door. But you know what? I bet if we went back today, they're probably some of them are not in church. They're not doing anything different with the word than what they were doing then. So the cares of the world come in. It chokes out the word. And they don't get in a habit of going where the word is preached, and so therefore their life never changes. They continue to stay the same. Why? All because of the soil that that seed is planted into. That's why discipleship is so important. That's why we have discipleship hour. That's why we have it. That's why we have it for your children. You know, I would never allow our children to miss even before we were in the ministry. I mean, you know, they just thought sometimes they, they had to do things because we were it. We were the preachers. But, but long before we were in ministry, our children didn't have a choice. They didn't say, well, I don't want to get up and go. Well, tough. You're going to get up and go. Why? Because I'm the mama. And daddy was the daddy. There's a training that you as moms and dads have to put forth to your children. Don't let them dictate to you what they're going to do. You are the authority. Well, I know, I, and I'm going to preach on that. I've told you all that for a year. I'm going to preach on that sometime. But it's true. So don't let them say, well, I don't want to go. You know, I've heard the lamest excuses from parents that have college degrees. Well, they can't come to Sunday school or discipleship hour at 9 and be at church for three hours well hello you let the world have them for eight hours a day in the school system and they can't get up and come to sunday school where they're hearing the word of god and come to church and the children's church and hear the word of god give me a break come on i ask you who is in charge of your home Who's the parent? In my home, I'm it. Even now, if my grandkids come and they decide that they're going to do something that I don't allow in my home, I'm it. It's my house. I usually don't have that problem because their parents are it, and they know that. Amen? Okay, well, a little side journey, a little bunny trail. Did you get something out of that bunny trail? Something has got to happen in order for the seed, the Word of God, to grow in our hearts. We can't just keep putting it in the ground, covering it up, and forgetting about it. Something has got to happen. You know, when we plant a garden, you don't go out, dig a hole, put the seed in, cover it up, and then just go about your business. 
and it's not watered. The weeds come up around it. You don't pull the weeds. And then you go out there expecting to reap a harvest, and there's nothing there. Why? Because it was not tended to. The same in the spiritual realm. If we do not tend to the garden, then if we don't water it with the washing of the word, if we don't, don't pull the weeds up around it, if we let the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world come in and choke out that seed, then we will not have fruit. And how can it remain if there's no fruit there to start with? So the soil is ever, ever so important. If we leave the seed alone for too long, then it's not going to produce anything that we wanted it to produce. We would not have tended the garden. So the, the life of a new convert or the life of an old convert is the same way. If we don't water it, if we don't take care of the seed, if we don't pray, if we don't fellowship, if we don't get before His face and visit with the Lord God Almighty in prayer, then that seed is going to lie dormant in there. And before we know it, the devil's going to come along through our old friends. Hello? or maybe someone else, and steal that seed, and then we're back to square one. Because we didn't tend to the garden. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy, if you would. And I can tell I'm not going to finish this. But that's okay. I will tonight. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, and in the latter times, oh, some shall depart from the faith. Have we seen that? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We say, oh, it's not going to hurt if I don't read my Bible today. I'm busy. Today is my errand day. It's not going to hurt if I just miss church today. Oh, it's probably the same old, same old. It's not going to matter. It's not going to hurt if I hang out with my old friends. After all, I'm going to minister to them. Wrong. It will hurt. Because little by little by little by little, you will fall away. It happens every time. I see it happen, and then people are knocking on my office or they're calling on the telephone. Help! I don't know what's happened to me. Well, I know what's happened to you. I haven't seen you in six months. Where are you? Don't get mad at me. Say, that's good preaching, Pastor. I'm serious. It happens all the time. You know, the Bible says that we are to be planted in the house so we'll flourish in the court. Now, I understand I'm talking to you people today. I, I, I need to be talking to all these blue chairs that don't have people in them. To those people that aren't planted. To those people that, that, that have not taken the seed and, and let it produce in their life. Don't be so deceived to think that you can stay out of fellowship with one another or you can stay out of fellowship with the church, that you can stay out of fellowship with God and everything be roses, because it won't be. 
because the, the bottom line is that, that the devil is going to come in and little by little by little, then you're going to go back to your old ways. One excuse leads to another excuse, to another excuse, to another excuse, to another excuse, and then it gets real comfortable to stay home in bed. It does. It gets real comfortable just to close the Bible and just flip on the tube and let's watch the movie. It's real comfortable to call our old friends and say, life's been kind of boring lately. What's going up with y'all? Oh, we're going out to Tom's Tavern or whatever's down there now. Oh, well, I think I'll go. I'll just hang out with you and just fellowship. Now the next thing you're doing is you're drinking and carrying on like a wild turkey. <laughs> drinking wild turkey and it's making you act like one. And you know what? You have sent a confused message to the world. Because in times past, oh, I'm a Christian. I go up to that Word of Life church. It's a great church. We have great people. And then they're looking at you and thinking, I thought you went to that Word of Life church and you're drinking wild turkey with me? Huh. Mixed signals. Mixed signals. Why? All because of the soil. Because it didn't receive the word like it was supposed to. So an excuse leads to another excuse to another excuse. Eventually all those excuses will keep us from doing what we know in our heart is the right thing to do. Amen? I don't even want to get into the next one. We'll start here tonight. Wow, this was a short message, I thought. Tonight we're going to start in Luke 8, 6, where some fell on rocks, and it withered away because it lacked moisture. I want to ask you, just from the parable, let's look at it again, Luke 8. Sower went out to sow his seed, verse 5, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. We're going to start there tonight. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And another fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. So I want to ask you today, what kind of soil are you? You know, faithfulness, consistency is so important in taking care of that soil. Don't think that you can just come and fellowship once every six months and you be good soil for that seed to go into. Because it, it's, it's just not true. Now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. Uh, but we come together and we exhort each other in the faith. Did God do anything to any of you this morning during 
that time in his presence? Raise your hand. If God's, see, had you not been here, I'm not saying that you wouldn't have been ministered to somewhere else. That you wouldn't have been ministered to sitting at home, laying in bed, watching the TV. See, there's something about coming together and getting into his presence. And we so have to have that in this hour. Because things are getting tough. And they're going to get tougher. It's not going to get easier. We're seeing things happen all over the earth. And we're going to have to be ready for it. That's why we have to seek his face. I believe that's why that word came forth today. We've got to seek his face like never before. So I ask you, what kind of soil are you? Are you good soil? That the word, when it goes, it takes root, and then you obey, and you do the word? Or does it, or you, do you not tend to the soil? You not tend to the ground, and then the birds come and pluck it away, the devil comes and steals it, the deceitfulness of riches come in, the cares of the world, oh, wow, you could have gone all day without saying that. The cares of the world. How many of us have cares of the world? We deal with it all the time, don't we? So see, what do we do? That's why we have to know him. That's why we have to trust him. Because really, Christians should never be burdened. Why? Because he takes those burdens from us. We give our care, give our burden over to him because he cares for us. But see, we're not heeding the word of God when we take the care and when we take the burden. Or do we not think that he is not big enough to take care of our need? That he's not big enough to do what he says that he will do? Or are we just saying, no, Lord, I'm going to take this one. I just don't think you're big enough to handle this one. Well, basically what we're saying is that your word just doesn't work, God. So I'm going to handle this one myself. And I know that there's cares out there. Hey, if I'm not careful, I can take them too. You know, the other day when I looked out and my fence wasn't going like this, I was going, ah! About that time, Rosie called and said, I'm going to bring some, Brother Gilbert's coming over and bring you a plate of food. And I said, oh my goodness. And she said, what's wrong? I said, my fence is a flapping in this 50 mile an hour wind. There were two pieces of it. And it was, I thought it was all going to blow down. And as I was hanging up, she said, Gilbert, will help you. And so poor Gilbert came over. He got right in the midst of it. He said, you have some rope? Man, I found some rope in a hurry. I said, tie him to tie that fence up for me. So I was got to take the care of it. And I could have. Well, what could I do about it? Nothing. See, there are so many things that we can't do anything about. We have to leave things in the hands of God. Because if we don't, then we'll, we'll, go, star, we'll, we'll go absolutely star crazy. Nuts. We'll fret about it and worry about it and fume about it. And all of that worry and all of that fret and all of that fuming is not going to change one bit. All of that worry, that care that I was taking wasn't going to change that fence. It wasn't going to change the wind blowing. If it blew down, it blew down. You know, I experienced that not long after Pastor died. I got up one morning, the faucet was broken, the hot tub was broken, and I didn't have a, a phone. I sat down at the breakfast bar and just bawled, God, what am I going to do? I thought, well, I do have a cell phone. You could call the telephone company. <laughs> there is the plumber's name in the phone book. Call him. Call the hot tub guy and tell him that you have a leak. Oh. 
Well, I just spread it and fumed around there. I ended up calling the kids, and, and Gail was a-balling, and Brad was saying, Mom, I just wish I was there to help you. You know, got them all stirred up. And finally I said, what am I going to do, son? He said, well, Mom, you can, I've called phone companies. I leave. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> See, we just get so fretful that we take the care of everything before we even think. It was very simple. I had legs. If I didn't have a cell phone, I could have gone across the street or next door and said, I'm sorry, my phone is down. Could you call and report it, or could I use your phone and do so? Hello? I could have gotten in my car and go down to the hot tub place and tell the guy I needed help. I could have gone to the plumber's house. He lives down the street from me and say, help me. It's not like things were flooding. But see, we don't think. We let the cares of the world come in, and then those cares will choke out the word, choke out some common sense sometimes of just things that we know to do, and we just don't do it. So what kind of soil? Sometimes we're better soil at times than we are at other times, aren't we? So what kind of soil are you today? And we'll finish this tonight. What kind of soil are you? God wants us to be good ground. So that seed of the word of God goes forth and it takes root just like that. We grow up and we produce fruit. We become trees of faith where we're not easily moved. The hot tub breaks, the phone quits, the faucets are a dripping and a running. I mean, we're planted. Why? Because we know who we are in Christ and we know what God has done in our life and we will not be moved. Good ground. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, Father, we come to you and we thank you, Lord God, for who you are. I pray, Lord God, that every one of us will be good ground, that we will take this seed.